So here's the question. In the print and packaging supply chain, how do we deliver new ideas and innovative practices to continually improve your profit, your brand, and your quality? Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. I would also like to thank Konica Minolta for sponsoring this podcast. They are a world leader in industrial and commercial printing and packaging solutions. On today's Gamut Podcast, we are speaking with Chris Showalter. He is the Director of Market Segment Management at EFI. EFI. And Chris's team is critical in shaping the future of fiery branded products and growing market segments like textiles, display graphics, packaging, and industrial printing. And we're going to learn from Chris today some valuable insights on inkjet technology like single pass technology, uh, critical analysis on workflow performance, procurement, and how his team educates the market on industry trends like digital corrugated printing and workflow to begin. So good morning, Chris. How are you, V. Gates? Uh, sehr gut, danke. And you are speaking to us from Munich, Germany, and beautiful Bavaria. Uh, we've known each other for many years, and I've discussed with you uh, before, back when you were working uh, for a company that made color management solutions and you lived in the United States, I would see you at the shows and we would always chat about our mutual love for Munich and Bavaria. And so today, to get started, I'd like to talk to you about single pass technology and the advances in quality uh, for that uh, particular solution in the past uh you know, doing multi-pass would uh, provide a much higher quality level that typically brands require and print buyers need. And now single pass technology at the speeds and the format sizes has definitely improved to the point, and we might even call it disruptive uh, in the packaging space and packaging applications. And talk to me, uh, if you will, about single pass technology and your thoughts on that and why it is uh, uh, really changing the game, not just for uh, packaging solutions that are digital, but also uh, wide format, large format graphic signage displays. Well, I think it's... It, it's kind of interesting how, you know, s certain technologies, you know, you want to do them because it's what the, you know, what the customer wants or needs or you think you can differentiate yourself, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's there's other technologies where it's almost like a market dynamic that's going to force you to do them. Right. So looking at the single pass technology, obviously it's, you know, it's existing in other market segments. And it seems to be a matter of time when this technology will enter the display graphics space. And it's it's almost like I don't I think it's only going to be a handful of customers that are really big enough and have a throughput that they actually need this technology or that they can leverage it. Right. 
but the market will kind of force us vendors and will force the customers to invest in this technology because if you don't, someone else will take your business, right? So right. I think the square meter forecast in display graphics is reasonably stable, slightly upwards. Mm -hmm. um, so you would assume the amount of machines will be you know, reasonably stable as well. But I think some single pass technology will kind of disrupt um, this industry a bit and will simply take some market share, share away and will force um, even more consolidation, kind of strengthening the bigger guys over folks that are more, you know, happy or more willing to in, invest in, in such a technology. You know, in the past, uh, working with uh, multi-pass technology or the different uh, a variety of different modes and resolutions that you have with inkjet solutions, and now with the high speed, typically there's really one uh, mode in some of the solutions. And when we talk about single pass, uh, in my experience uh, working with uh, wide, large, and grand format, it was always you know, trying to find that right balance between speed, efficiency, and still maintaining, you know, high quality, uh, good resolution. So uh, how about, uh, you know, some of the challenges and insights into uh, how we can maintain quality at the level of, let's say, G7 master color space and higher resolution and type uh, reproduction and still maintain uh, the speed and efficiency that single pass provides. Yeah, I mean, single pass is, you know, amazingly demanding, right? And I should have looked up a number. I don't have a number in my head, but the amount of nozzles is just mind boggling, right? Right. And a lot of the calibration methods or, you know, well, profiling and calibration methods that we use in the past are kind of assuming that we use the same nozzle and we just change the amount of ink that we are firing, right? So if a nozzle gets old, you know, we increase the um, the uh, electricity or we change it in the color profile, but, you know, we just make this one nozzle perform again. And in the single pass, as you rightfully say, right, um, there's some, I don't want to say quality issues, but some quality challenges because it's a multitude of nozzles. So if nozzle A doesn't fire as much as nozzle B, you know, I cannot control, you know, for, for most part of this from color management standpoint, I cannot control the nozzles individually. So mm -hmm. um, quality becomes um, an opportunity <laughs> to say yeah. it posit positively. Right. No, it's good. And obviously, I mean, we have the uh, nosomi in the field. Um, like every render, there's there are quality issues that we have to work through, we have to make them better. And, you know, you either provide technology or you partner with the right technology vendors in order to make this perform. And you need to start tackling in a different way, right? And we're taking right. care of like uniformity control, nozzle out correction and those kind of things. And then you achieve in quality, which is just mind boggling. Right. So back back to your original question, right? Why, why should I or why, why is single pass um, interesting? I mean, it's as simple as it is, it's, it's just a beast, right? Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's it's just producing so much throughput, which is un unbelievable. And is that and, is that uh, well? Let me uh, focus here on the Nozomi and, and what you just mentioned, uh, or we can you know really talk about single pass, but the you know the challenge that you mentioned and the opportunity to maintain this. 
a high level of throughput with single pass. And you mentioned, you know, a vast array of nozzles and all the, the possibilities of jet outs or, or quality issues that are inherent with inkjet technology. And there's, you know, really innovative ways to overcome uh, some of those uh, uh, problems. But talk to me about how uh, you guys are meeting the challenge to uh, resolve quality issues in the conditions you just mentioned with a product like Nozomi. We are partnering and we're developing. Um, so from partnering standpoint, we work together with um, ABT, who's obviously one of the industry leaders when it comes to inline um, monitoring, right? So we need to analyze as fast as we can do we have any sort of um, quality issue that we want to take care of and, and correct? And uniformity and nozzle out are the key ones. Um, nozzle out being the very obvious streaking that you start seeing in yeah. single pass if a, if a nozzle drops. Uniform, uniformity being obviously the left to right um, consistency. Mm-hmm. which you cannot correct with a color profile, right? You need to get right. the consistency first, and then you can start doing the color management piece. Right. Um, the other part of the equation is that the um, the fiery front end, so the DFE, is a fully bladed system which streams um, to the print bars, right? which means we can react crazy fast from one line to another and do any sort of corrections. So from a marketing standpoint, that means, you know, variable data or every page is different. Uh, um, But from a quality standpoint, that means as soon we can analyze there is a printability issue, we can correct it immediately, meaning within a couple of feet, um, and do this correction without having to stop a machine or re-rip or reload or, or this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that uh, I found that impacted. Uh, I was part of working with the integration of the Konica Minolta Cam, one uh, sheet-fed uh, B2 Plus device, and you know, resolving quality issues with jet outs in the middle of a run, especially variable data, uh, would call oh, could cause havoc. And of course, if the workflow, uh, you know, if I have required a remake or a, uh, a color correction to uh, the file, um, it definitely uh, could create some downtime. And, you know, with the inspection systems, we have uh, the capability of quickly adjusting for that. Uh, so that doesn't happen. And we can, you know, resolve uh, nozzle issues and streaking and things like that or stitching uh, uh, errors very quickly within the run or even inspect the sheet and kick it out. Talk to me about the uh, type of technology of the inspection system. I would assume it's a camera uh, type of solution, correct? It scans the whole sheet. It's a it's a camera system, which um, takes a picture, for, for lack of better words, um, of a whole sheet. Right. right? which allows us really to find uh, find uh, issues fast fast and quick um one more word about the um the uh, variable data over speed of correction so it's it's not only the 
oh, I have to stop my machine and therefore my variable data, you know, the record's off or, you know, I cannot find the sheets, which is obviously a clear, clear value. But the other piece as well is, I mean, those machines, they're so fast, you start actually having some physical challenges, right? The the speed of a board, you know, can affect the vacuum or how flat the board sits on the belt, et cetera. So whenever you have a speed difference or have to stop, speed up, et cetera, you kind of, you know, you don't expect it with a digital machine, but you always have an and uh, an make ready period again, because you just need to get on physical optimum speed, vacuum, balance of a board, um, etc. So we want to we want to keep the machine running as, as much as we can. Right. And how <clears throat> excuse me, the, you know, looking at it from a, a procurement standpoint, I'm looking to invest in this equipment. I have uh, everything mapped out, my business plan. I know what I need to do to enter the market. I'm already in the market uh, for this type of technology. Um, what it, it, from you, you're, you know, very well versed in this. I mean, you're, and then we'll get into, you know, what your role is right now, but uh, what I, curious to know how can you help me understand what to look for you know if i was going to purchase a a new solution that's single pass and you mentioned you know some of these uh, things that uh, can impact uh, production and efficiency and quality how do i go about addressing and really understanding uh what's best for me how can i you know do a proof of concept what do i look for do i rely on third party uh, uh, analysis uh, to tell me uh, how to make my buying decision? Or could you give us some information on that? Um, Obviously, I'm a little bit biased being the software and workflow person. But I think it's 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 just fundamental that you don't focus only on the hardware equipment, which is what happens all the time, right? You you know you you look at your print room, you look at the throughput, you figure out oh you know I you know I'm I'm maxed out on one machine. Do I want to put a second one next to it, or do I gonna go the other step? You know, with a bigger step and get a bigger, faster machine, and you look at it from and speeds and feeds right how much square meter can i print how fast what's my capital investment and what's my return of investment etc and almost all the time um, this is a very hardware focused decision and the workflow gets completely neglected and that's something that you know at least i have seen as well you know when the first step you know from analog to digital kind of uh, happened uh, what 15 15 years ago you know there was this perception that digital will just conquer the world and everyone will go go digital and as soon as first people bought it they realized we need to feed this yeah right and how, how do i get the data how do I get it fast enough? How do I get it turned around, you know, without having the touch points um, in order to, to feed this thing and really use the, the, the benefits? Um, and we have seen this again and again um, with our customers, specifically, you know, the ones that are coming over from more and converting kind of background. Yes. that are you know very good in you know getting plates and 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 and, and printing or you know con- converting but they never had to do the whole pre-press side of things and 
to do this as an afterthought um, can be an, I don't want to say an expensive um, exercise, but it may be an ex expensive error. Exactly. Right? Because then you have a big machine that's sitting idle and obviously you have to, you know, increase staff and skill set um, rather rather rapidly. So ensure that you not, not only take the, the um, print room supervisor, but get your pre-press guy in the conversation um, as well. I think that's... That's a mistake that's getting done quite often. I mean, one of the killers uh, for, you know, you make a major capital equipment purchase for, you know, a press that matches the speed and feeds that, that, that you're looking for and uh, the capability of, uh, of the printer or the press and not addressing rip performance is um, just uh, amazing that uh, not enough attention is put to that and tested correctly exactly i mean if, if you if you look at how super wide equipment is operating today um in my opinion the whole workflow is still in place because in the past the front ends were not fast enough for those big printers right mm -hmm. and that's why you know all the manufacturers introduced an intermediate file format basically running on super wide inkjet printer the same way how you run an offset press right instead of making plates that you walk over um, we're all building those in our case they're called rtl files but it's really fully screened ready to go files that you know are sneaker netted over or you know obviously they're going to placed on a network somewhere but there's really this intermittent step because there's the assumption that the rip is not fast enough to drive a super wide printer at full rated speed. And this is changing. But what this historic workflow means is that the full page has to be ripped. Meaning, well, you know, there's a lot of really high performance rips out there. What's happening is you usually don't look at it, what's happening in a case of an error, right? You spec your system so if you have a nicely scheduled production, you know, everything should run smoothly until you run in an error, until you have to do a reprint, until you have to do any sort of color correction on press. And then you see the press sitting there and just waiting for the full ripped sheet, you know, to, to come over. And that's, you know, the, the clock is clicking and, you know, you're, you're losing money on, on, on the shop floor. And when I visit customers and they're a mixed environment, they don't only have, you know, our machines, it doesn't matter what the machine is. It's seldom, it's extremely seldom that I see all machines running. There's right. always a machine sitting idle because either it's in maintenance or because they're waiting on the rip or they're doing some color adjustment or they're waiting for some, you know, customer approval or, or something like that. And I think that's a big performance gain that one can achieve, you know, on one side through automation. And on the other side, I think now that we're seeing that the rip manufacturers or the ripping tools get so much faster, mm -hmm. I mean, we can drive a single pass machine at full rated speed, right? So it's just a logical conclusion that, you know, someone will drive a super wide printer at full rated speed rather quickly, which will eliminate that bottleneck completely. Understood. And then, uh, you know, when you're gauging rip performance, what should you be looking at? Uh, do you go in, take a, you know, what type of file should you be providing uh, to the vendor for uh, in order to judge rip performance? Do you stop watch it start stop? I mean, I know there's a, 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 several aspects 
to determine uh, processing quality or separation quality. Um, and it's not just color. It's, it's speed. It's whether or not it's separated. Does it, uh, you know, if you look at the Ghent work group and the work they've done and then PDFVT, I mean, there's so much to consider when evaluating a solution. What would you uh, advise the customers to bring with them when they're, you know, evaluating performance for a rip? Um, we're all providing data, right? We all have our own test suites. We all have our performance data. We have the, you know, the ROIs, the TCOs. We provide all this data, and I, and I must believe that all vendors playing with um, fair fair cards and give you accurate data. But it's very difficult to compare them, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have a different test page than you know what another vendor is uh, is using. So bring your own test pages, right? I have obviously a variety of uh, you know different sizes, different complexity, that kind of thing. And then as you know, as, as simple as it sounds, yeah, then bring the stopwatch, because everyone will measure slightly different, right? Do I start measuring performance when the file gets dropped in the hot folder? Or do I start measuring it when the preview was created or when, you know, the ripping starts, right? Mm-hmm. Is there some cleanup required at the end? Does it, you know, need to be transferred over the network? So I, I think you need to measure it yourself. Um, you shouldn't necessarily rely on the vendor, even though they will all be accurate and proper, but they will all just do it slightly differently and make your life simple, right? I mean, obviously you can go to the demo rooms and get the demo set up and, you know, measure it all there, but we have a technology today, right? It's as simple as, hey, vendor A, can you run this test file and can you just take a, a video off your screen? Right. And then you have all the information there. You can go back and forth. You can see exactly what he did. You can measure it yourself. You see, you know, what settings they used. It becomes amazingly comparable and reproducible and, you know, can be simply done. Excellent, Chris. And I really appreciate you being so candid today with us on the Gamut Podcast. And uh, before we end, I'd like to mention that EFI will be hosting their Connect Users Conference at the Wynn Las Vegas Hotel and Casino from January 21st through the 24th of next year, 2020. As well, we will be there, Idea Alliance, and we will be hosting a G7 Expert and professional certification and training course at the Connect Conference. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, the seats are limited, so make sure you get online and register now for the G7 Expert and professional certification and training and the EFI Connect Users Conference again from January 20. 20- First through the 24th of 2020. And um, I hope to see you there, Chris. I will be there. Um, I was part of the um, G7 um, event last time as well. Um, it's it's cool. It's high value because what happens is, um, I mean, Connect obviously has a feed to it and then G7 training has a feed to it as well. Mm-hmm. And what we are doing is you pay for Connect and the G7 is included. So you get both for the same price um so it's it's quite nice and there you go chris again we really appreciate you hanging out with us today and thank you and take care more than welcome thanks for listening to the gamut podcast if you have ideas suggestions or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org that's j-c-o-l-l-i-n-s at idealliance.org take care and have a productive day